This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello, and welcome to Flicking, our monthly route around in the horrors slash wonders of each other's favourite film collection. I am joined, as ever, by Yosra Osman. Hello. How are you? I'm grand, thanks. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. A little bit disappointed because I initially read this. Most of us all know this. I originally read this in my diary as fucking. I thought, <laughs> I didn't get schedule that. <laughs> Everyone needs a bit of that schedule. Yes, right. I don't yeah. know how you feel about your involvement in this. I was both shocked and uh, delighted. <laughs> and that voice you can hear is Mickey Nolan, who was also the person who is in charge this month. That's right. It is your tri-monthly Boys Own Adventure edition of Flicking. <laughs> and this time we watched 1989's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. What can I say? I love me thriller minute action, sometimes literal cliffhangers, a clear delineation between good and evil, totally improbable look at every turn, yeah. and Harrison Ford in a dusty shirt and battered hat looking bewildered. Indiana Jones people, one of cinema's greatest characters. Yeah. We're not having discussion at this point. This is my time to okay. shine. <laughs> Save it. Indy first hit the big screen in 1981 in Raiders of the Lost Ark, but its genesis goes back to one of the best years ever, 1977, when I was born and when Steven Spielberg and his pal George Lucas dreamed up an intrepid 1930s archaeologist, smart as paint, bold as brass, and with a real twitch in his pants for religious MacGuffins belonging in a museum. <laughs> I am aware there are now five Indiana Jones films in the series, but the fourth one, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which came out almost a full 20 years after Crusade, made me so angry I'm still not over it. Aliens, Stephen. Aliens. No, thank you. And I haven't yet seen this year's The Dial of Destiny, but my pal Nick assures me it's much more business as usual, and it turns out there is just one scenario in which I'm pleased to hear about the presence of Nazis. Can I ask, Nicky? Yes. The fact that you say yet, I haven't seen it yet, suggests you definitely do plan to see it, do you? Yes, because Nick said it's worth watching. Fair enough. Also, number two, 1984's The Temple of Doom. I do have a fondness for it, but it is massively flawed in its depiction of race. No, no. And Kate Capshaw's Willie Scott is beyond annoying. And actually, at the risk of getting into an argument with myself, which would be incredibly dull to listen to, but a genuine insight into my everyday mental health, Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably the best of the bunch. There is not a false note in it. It was incredibly original at the time. And yes, yes, I do love it. But Crusade is my favourite, and that is what flicking is all about. 
Also, the star of this film is a masterclass in keeping an origin story sharp and wildly entertaining and also has a Western flavour, which I thought might appeal to the Dunleavies among us. And by that, I mean Hannah Dunleavy, who is among Uh, us. It's also got the late River Phoenix in it, impeccably cast as young Indy, who we see getting his whip, chin scar, fear of snakes, fedora and life's mission. Boom. The Last Crusade is an adventure story. Of course it is. But what I think is brilliant about this instalment is it is much, much more than that. It's an origin story, not just in that incredible 11 minute sequence with River Phoenix as a young Indy, but the whole two hour exploration of Indy's relationship with his dad. Professor Henry Jones, played by Sean Connery. I just I just love their dynamic. The dad, what? Dad, what? Dad, what? Head for the fireplace scene is just one of several filled with comedic joy and the almost immediate falling into the submissive yet still desperate to please role that Indy takes with his there but not really their father is really relatable and sort of heartbreaking. Does Henry Jones Sr. deserve another chance at a relationship with his neglected son? I don't know, but that chemistry is bloody lovely to watch and classic Spielberg. And finally, if you've had your Mick flicking pick bingo card at hand, you'll be ready for this one. It's funny, and indeed, it's the funniest Indiana Jones movie. The dialogue is sharp, the gags are smooth and dry, the characters bounce off each other effortlessly, and the action is perfectly cut to never over-egg a sequence while still keeping it nicely bombastic. And because Indiana Jones is very much an action hero on the fly, It means he's almost as surprised as we are when something he tries works out. See my earlier note about Harrison Ford's bewildered face. Lovely stuff. Now this is a very Mickey movie, I understand that, but I wondered if you two had a favourite Indiana Jones film or whether you're just not a fan of the franchise at all. I would say if I had, I've seen the first three, I consider this to be the last Indiana Jones film. It says The Last Crusade in it. It's a trilogy. The others I don't care about. I will (laughs) never go and see. And yeah, this is, I agree with you, it might not be technically the best, but this is my favourite. I really didn't like the second one. Yeah, watching that again was interesting because were we rating or dating it, I would have a list, the length of my arm of things to say about why it's really badly dated. But I think it's the most fun. But for me, almost the entire magic in this is Derramelia. He is absolutely fucking wonderful in it is that perfect. bit where he's building him up and he's building him up and they cut to him and does anyone here speak english it's genuinely hilarious and yeah it's probably my favorite joke in all of the indiana jones films lovely stuff Yasra? yeah i feel a bit funny about this because it's not that i'm not a fan of the franchise i do enjoy the franchise but i've always felt quite removed from indiana jones i think it came out well, the, the first three films did come out before I was born and I never really watched them until much later in life. So I, I don't know if I've got that same sort of nostalgic attachment that some others may have. Hello. <laughs> and actually, as you know, Mickey, I emailed yesterday in a state of panic because I couldn't remember which one we were talking about Do they today. all merge into one for you? <laughs> to me, they're all. But look, to the first, I haven't seen the last two. And from what you're saying, I'm kind of glad I have Fine. definitely haven't seen them. The fourth one. But first three, they do all blur for me. So I've just got myself into a panic. But I am glad it's this one because I think the one that I really didn't get on with, as Hannah's saying, it's definitely Temple of Doom because there were quite a lot of questionable choices in that one. It's really quite racist. Yeah, it it is. Um, But this one, it was quite nice 
to watch that again. And though I was a little bit lost because I was thinking, I haven't watched the first two in absolutely ages. I still, I was still on board. Okay, okay. I would argue there are a couple of questionable choices in this as well. We are going to get to what I think is one of the big questionable choices. I mean, I've got so, but yeah, we can get to them. Okay. We can see if we're all matching, if we've got written down the same ones in our notes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you brought up nostalgia and obviously this came out when I was 12 and I did actually go to see Temple of Doom at the cinema. Obviously I didn't buy my own ticket because I was seven at the time but I think it was one of the biggest films I had ever seen that wasn't a cartoon at the cinema, like an animated film and was excited to see this one at the cinema and it, it, it's it's such a big film isn't it? It's such a shouty film that the, the big screen really served it well. And I am not saying Crusade is a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination and it really does stretch that imagination and so to the plot we start in 1912 with Indy's backstory which I've covered but it also includes a circus train and an unbelievable magic trick so bonus Mickey points right there and a scene with Indy's dad working on his grail diary and ignoring his son. Professor Henry Jones grail diary is his thing, his life, his raison d'etre. This is important except when it comes to him remembering anything from it without it in front of him. Anyway, fast forward to 1938 and Indy learns from a clearly untrustworthy man called Donovan that his dad has disappeared while searching for the Holy Grail and so sets out to find his dad and the Grail while he's at it because why not? Donovan tells him to trust no one. Wink. Dr Jones Sr. was last seen in Venice, Italy. I love that they call it Venice, Italy all the way through for the American audience, I'm guessing. Wow. Anyway, Dr. Jones Sr. was last seen in Venice, Italy, and wouldn't you know it, Indies received a mysterious package from Venice, Italy that very morning. It's the Grail Diary. No note. Indy, travelling with delightful museum bumbler Marcus Brody, a perfect Denham Elliot, as Hannah has already talked about. He is just absolutely gorgeous in this role. Everything he does is just, oh, chef's kiss. And hooks up with his dad's assistant, hot Austrian. Dr. Elsa Schneider, that's Alison Doody, in Venice, Italy, and picks up where his dad left off in a library that's actually catacombs, housing the last resting place of one of three knights who found the Holy Grail a thousand years ago and decided to make it almost impossible to get to and hideously booby-trapped, while also providing clues to where it is and how to access it. What do you want from people, Crusader Knights? And yeah, Indy rescues his dad, finds out Donovan's working for the Nazis, Finds out Elsa is a Nazi, but, uh, you know, a good Nazi y'all because she likes books. Fights loads of Nazis on his way to find the Grail. Meets Hitler, played by Grain Chills Mr. Bronson, a.k.a. Michael Sheard, which always tickled me. Gets the Grail and saves his dad, who's been shot by Badman Donovan, to make sure Indy gets the Grail. Even though no one seems sure what the Grail actually specifically does, but hell, it all works out in the end. There is also a bit where he tells Elsa to let it go which only works as a joke 24 years after this film was made, but which I Uh. still enjoy. Oh, and everything of archaeological merit is destroyed, as is the Indiana Jones way. Yeah, I mean, I really questioned whether that night would have waved at the end, given these guys had just turned up basically and just caused carnage, just destroyed history. Yeah, I'd have liked it if you'd just, like, given them the finger. Yeah, given them the finger. Yeah, I've been sitting here for... 700 years or something and you wankers have just you fucking americans have just turned up and destroyed everything yep agreed so what flaws have we got 
written on our list. I'm going to guess that you've got Salah down there, played by John Rhys-Davis. Yeah, and also Alexi Sale playing generic Johnny Foreigner. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like John Rhys-Davis's Salah as a character. He's also in Raiders. And his scene with Marcus is an absolute delight. It's so lovely. But he is a white man from Wales playing an Egyptian. And while that ship flew in 1989, even though it probably shouldn't have done, it definitely shouldn't have done, I was surprised to see he's back in that role in this year's The Dial of Destiny. Oh, really? You'd have thought they might have not had him come back, right? Yeah. Yosha was doing yeah. big eyes. Yeah, I just seems so dated to me. I, yeah. Yeah. And North Londoner, or whatever, East Londoner, wherever he is, Alexis Sale playing a Turk. Yeah. I'm surprised that Alexis Sale took the role because he's pretty right on yeah hannah can we refer back to your list what what is next on your list oh the next thing is the way to deal with uh, a woman is to grab her by the throat. his interactions with elsa are all terrible yeah that i was about that my doubt i didn't like a lot of their interactions just feel unnecessarily aggressive it is really aggressive and elsa was the other one that i've got written down and it's interesting because also her age, she's half of Ford's age and another 12 on top of that for Connery, both of which the characters sleep with her in the film. She sort of sleeps with them to get what she wants as well, which is an interesting yeah. use of a woman. She does have agency, I would argue, and her own agenda. But yeah, I do feel like her role is dated uh, and she doesn't have much fleshing out. No, I appreciate that this is about essentially magic, you know, or religion, depending Based, on what you want yeah. to call it. So obviously... I appreciate you're not supposed to take things in the in this film to be serious. But the list of, oh my God, that makes no fucking sense <laughs> things that I've got written down for this is way, 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 way longer. I mean, for a start, God give me the confidence of a man who lights a torch while standing in a river of petrol. And then the flames just drop into the petrol And nothing well. happens. But how, when he swims underneath to find a way out, does he manage to open his eyes in petrol? That's magical, surely. He's surely. Indiana Jones, Hannah. He's Indiana Jones. Do anything. He can't. Don't question yeah. it. And yet the big charm of him is that he's an everyman, right? That he isn't like a Marvel <laughs> superhero. He is supposed to be a believable human man. And yet there we go. Yeah. <laughs> and how is it that those inscriptions have endured quite so well that you could take such an effective robbing from them? I mean, that's incredible. It's like they were literally carved yesterday. <laughs> now, I've written the question, is it too improbable for you, Hannah? <laughs> At the top of my list. But there's so many other bits that are just really stupid that I don't know why I find I can't watch stuff when it's got too many things. Like that bit where he's where he spiked the gun and he's hanging off the spike gun gun at the side and he's being dragged and he can't do anything because his bag is caught and then literally two seconds later he lifts himself up and there's no way he would have been able to achieve that because the entire plot point has been leading up to the fact that he's trapped and suddenly he's not trapped yeah shit like that really drives me mad it is absolutely littered littered with those it's funny that that sort of stuff drives you mad because that sort of thing would normally drive me bonkers but this is the one time i guess Maybe it's because of my general mood, but I was watching it and I was like, oh, yeah, 
it's just goofy. I'm going along with it. Nothing has to make sense. This is all fine. This is all part of the escapism. I wasn't really that fussed. Yeah, I guess it's kind of cartoonish, I think. And I think they really set the scene with that in that opening scene when River Phoenix is young Indiana's mate. It's basically a cartoon character played by a human boy. And I think that is the Indiana Jones way. It is quite cartoonish. It's James Bondish. That was where the inspiration came from. It's so silly that I find it easy to suspend my disbelief. There has always been one thing that has bothered me about Crusade, actually, and that is the penitent man bit, because Indy kneels, and Mm -hmm. I think the two blokes without their heads just outside are a pointer here as to what he's supposed to do, to be fair. But then another blade comes from below, and that has always seemed unfair and at odds with the way that he dodges the trap. However, in writing this, I learned it does have a reason. These are traps set by Crusaders, so Christians, and a Christian would kneel upright in prayer slash penitence, whereas a Muslim would bow down. So that's why the one comes from below. Right. There's no explanation for all of the shit you've mentioned, though, to be fair. Yeah, Hannah. I was gonna... not... <laughs> it still thins on many levels when it comes to reality. Like, say, for example, I trust you, Ricky. I've only a long time, I trust you. If we went into a room and there was like 30 objects, and you said, I think it's that one. I would say, are you sure? Yeah. Like, what was you thinking? Why was that complacent? I wouldn't just trust you blindly. Also, you seem quite fond of the other guy in the room. I've noticed that. There's been there's been a certain yeah. chemistry between you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so flawed. It's so flawed, but it's it's just so fun and so much escapism, which oh, I think Oh, I'm not saying I it love. wasn't. I was just saying I struggle with it a bit because it is. A certain degree of escapism, you know, I can buy into, but when literally every single thing that happens in it, you think, that wouldn't happen. How did that happen? That wouldn't happen. How would you achieve that? Why did that happen? I do think you're right, because any other action film, I would be the same, especially one that come would come out now. I would be, I would question it, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's that thing that I was saying that I do feel quite removed from it anyway. Uh-huh. That I just, I just kind of, I don't know, it's got this, pure silly feel to it that I just I just never really thought to question it but I totally agree with you Anna I mean there's a lot of stuff that just makes no sense whatsoever it's a joyous energy and I'm really pleased that you've brought up films that come out today that are a similar vein Yosra because I think both of you are quite big fans of Marvel movies am I right I would say I am well up to no yes I am sorry Guardians of the Galaxy you both love Guardians of the Galaxy I I like the first two Guardians of the Galaxy oh no the third one was great it was quite traumatic I wasn't so sure about I had quite a traumatic incident at the at the cinema maybe that put me off and I also like Thor Ragnarok but otherwise I could really really take them or leave them or just leave them in fact (laughs) oh okay but let's let's talk about the ones that you do like and I'm going to start with Yozer and then Hannah I'd love your thoughts as well but I wondered how you thought this compared in the kind of nonsense scheme. I don't know why I'm saying this, but Indiana Jones was a bit more forgivable for me in terms of its if it's nonsense, I can kind of just take it and go along with it. Whereas I'll be honest, some of the latest Marvel films, apart from Guardians of the Galaxy, I've been really, really critical of. But I don't know if that's just based on levels of attachment. Maybe I'm critiquing Marvel more because I'm more attached to it. Indiana Jones to me, it's just it's it's part and parcel. It's fine. Just for the listeners, Yosara, you're not drunk at the moment, are you? No. <laughs> that's not my question. I'm not. <laughs> 
That was not convincing. <laughs> it's because she thought we had something else planned. That is true. <laughs> I am also, I would say, less critical, partly because it's older. So, uh, you know, you can at least look at it and think that was someone doing that stuff. So there are bits in it that are impressive, I suppose, from a filmmaking point of view. Although I was really struck by when he's on the boat getting the cross back, I was really struck by how boat in a tub that looked, about yeah. how the weights all felt came from the same direction. It looked a lot more fake than I think current things do. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, given that it's not largely CGI'd, like a lot of, you know, current blockbuster fodder is, I, I forgive it a lot more. Yeah, I would say I do. I think there are a few blue screen sort of, it's very obvious that they're, they're blue screen yeah. or green screen. I don't know what colour screen. It's harking back to that Boys Own Adventure shit of like the 50s I shouldn't call it shit because I'm you know I, I don't mean it in that uh, stuff would be the more accurate word because it's harking back to that which was done in a kind of hackneyed way the fact that sometimes maybe things are a bit oh da da here I am but I would okay, <laughs> whatever it fits in with that with that a bit better there's a brilliant bit where they've lost Marcus. Salah doesn't know where he is. They don't know where they're supposed to be going to. And then yet they're in a car determined to get there before the Nazis. And you're like, how? And how did you get there before the Nazis? When like literally a scene ago, you had no idea what was happening. I think it just adds to the silly energy, which I'm here for. And I actually think the thing that makes Crusade my favourite, as well as the humour, because it's definitely the funniest, is that dynamic that chemistry between ford and connery which i think is yeah. absolutely beautiful and well, i wondered whether that father child dynamic got you in the feels how you felt they connected together i feel like you're sort of looking at me with this question mickey because i'm all about those feels you love and the yeah feels. I, do, I, I do i love i love the feels, and i i do quite like that element of this film actually and it's sort of from what i recall kind of humanises Indiana Jones a little bit more seeing this relationship with his father, which makes me a little bit more a fan of it. But uh, yes, I do I do like that dynamic. I wouldn't say necessarily that, that the father-son dynamic thing appealed to me, but watching it yesterday, I did get quite a lot of enjoyment out of the fact that I look after the pensioners in our family, and the idea that you're just trying to get some <laughs> shit achieved, but you've got two old people in you, uh, kind of stuck it forward with me, I have to say. I mean, let's not get Mary involved in any sort of tank chase. <laughs> if you're listening, Aunt Jackie, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I do feel like sometimes with my flicking picks, I know, Yosra, you've been a bit like worried about your picks, but all of mine could be plucked out of the same bucket, apart from maybe a straight story, which, you know, you both really loved. But that's just a sort of karma adventure movie, I think. So it's similar vein. But yeah, because they're just this silly energy that's loads of fun, I guess there's not too much you can pick apart. But did you have a good time? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, it's quite nostalgic if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I liked it when I was younger. I definitely thought it was the better the better one. I mean, obviously... Raiders Lost Art was just unbelievably exciting because I was much younger and I'd never seen anything like it before. Yeah, I don't think anyone had seen very much like it before. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, we liked it. It was like a fun family. Oh, this is on. Let's all watch that. 
I have to say, I do think, though, now, as a fully grown human, I find the character, and in defence that it's set in the 1930s, I find Indiana Jones a little too sort of American James Bond to me. I'm not really a fan of Bond either. There's just sort of a... I'd like to be on his side. I do actually think he's a threat. So that was in the back of my mind. I'm a big fan of Bond as well, which will surprise absolutely no one who has been listening on a regular basis. And so, yeah, I he is. He's quite chauvinistic, you know. And like, yeah. if we were talking about Raiders, there's a whole underage, like, weird consent thing going on with him and Marion. But, yeah, I don't know. You are a fully grown human woman now, Hannah, and I am apparently, according to this series that we do on the podcast, a 12-year-old boy trapped in a 46-year-old woman's <laughs> body. Someone let him out. Apologies for vaping, but it's the only thing keeping the cats off my desk. Every time I stop, one of them jumps up here. They've opened up. They're like furry mosquitoes. I feel like that is a, a fine end to our chat about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Thanks for putting up with it. You might be pleased to hear that I think this is my last Spielberg pick. I think I've done my three favourite Spielberg picks. So we've had Jaws, Jurassic Park and Last Crusade. So I think we're done. Who is next? Is it Yosemite? Okay, I think I will go for my neighbour, Totoro. Oh. Another animation. Well, no, I can't remember if I've chosen many animations, but it's very much my bag. I think it's your only your second full animation, and Enchanted does have some animation in it. Quarter animation. That's what I'll go for, it's Studio Ghibli. Lovely stuff. Right. Standard issue for all women.